Hey, this is yours truly, Morton Miller uh, from Bog Studios. Thank you for listening. Thank you for checking this out. Uh, this is something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Uh, a podcast uh, on mental health. And why? Why would I want to do that? Well, there are, there are two reasons for this. The first reason is that I, uh, I always, I have worked uh, real hard on my own mental health, and I have managed to turn my well, my whole life around. Really, I've I've managed to turn my view on myself in, you know, amongst all the other people. I managed to turn that view completely around uh at the same time that i realized that it this life takes constant work you know so from this is uh the the, the uh, first reason i'm doing this is because for me i think it's it it will be yet another tool for putting my thoughts uh memories and experiences into words which is to me at least, very therapeutic. And the second reason, I wanted I wanted to I want to provide some help. Because I if I'm struggling with the stuff I'm struggling with, I'm definitely sure that there are lots of other people out there struggling with the same things without actually being aware of it even. Um, so I want I want to provide some seriously concrete, definite things that one can do in order to to uh, look at the world from a different angle, under a different light, like Maynard James Keenan says. So those are, my, those are my reasons for doing this. In this particular podcast, I will talk a little bit about my background. And uh, I will prov- at the end, I will sort of segue into what started me on the journey to, to uh, better myself or to become a better version of myself. So me, about... Uh, at this point, I am 43 years old. I have a wife and I have a kid. I have a house. I have a job that I absolutely adore, actually. Um, and I'm generally very, right now, as of right now, I'm very happy about life. But it wasn't always uh, this way. I, um, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about the what I believe are the reasons for my struggles, my pains. Uh, it's a, it's um, that would be a little bit redundant in this in this setting and in general when it comes to mental health because I believe more in what I can do right now uh, than I believe in what has already happened because what has already happened has already happened there's nothing i can do about the events 
but I can work with what I have now. So it's not that important. But what I want to tell you is that um, when I was 10 years old, we moved. Me, uh, My family and I, my mother, father, sister and I, we moved from uh, Oslo, the big city, to um, a little place called Rikkin in uh, in the west of uh, west of Oslo and um I I look at that that event that move from Oslo to Rikin as a sort of before and after uh thing because I that's when my life or my well being or my feeling of happiness sort of shifted I went from, we had lived in Oslo, what was it, five years? <clears throat> from when I was uh, five years old to when I was 10 years old. And uh, I had good friends there. I really, I felt at home in the apartment. I felt at home in the uh, the city block we lived in. I felt at home in the neighborhood. I felt at home with the, the friends I had there. I spent a lot of time laughing like playing, exploring freely. And when we moved to uh, to Rikin, it's a, uh, well, the story of Rikin is a is a is a big and long story on its own and I'm not going to go into that now, but it's uh, it was a very very different vibe. In Oslo, the school I went to, it was a school, a big school, city school with all kinds of people from all kinds of nationalities and ethnicities and it was a I felt like I I didn't really think about the diversity that was there and when we moved to Rikin the school I started there it was very very <laughs> um, well it was very uh, white that school was not as diverse as my previous school by far it was something um Something completely different. It was a smaller school. It wasn't as varied. Most of the kids there were uh, from the same, you know, ethnicity, if you want to use a word like that. So whenever uh, it was, whenever someone stood out, it was bullying became this thing. And there were also, and this is, I don't know, I don't know if if it matters, but. Or if it's if it's significant, or if it's if it if it's even true, but I felt that there were more families that really struggled at this new place than what I had experienced in Oslo, and I don't know I don't know if that's true. Like I said, but it could be because when when we moved, I suddenly felt I was I was I had my roots torn up, and I had to start rerouting. So immediate, almost immediately, I fell into this state of insecurity, which led to migraines, which led to you know other types of headaches, stomach aches, and all that stuff. And and basically, when I look back at my life after we moved, it has never been as I've never been as happy as I was before we moved. So that was a major shift for me, and I felt you know, insecure. I felt immediately insecure when we moved there. And that later on, as I grew older, 
developed into this perpetual, almost perpetual state of anxiety or, 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 uh, you know, the, just the feeling that there's something wrong and I need to, I need to, uh, uh, I need to remove myself from the situation or I need to just be finished with what I'm doing. If, if I'm with someone, I'm at school, I'm at someone, I just always felt the need of restlessness, you know, need to move on. And as I carried on, with this insecurity and this this uh, social uh, anxiety and anxiety in general and and this restlessness, I failed to connect to a lot of potential uh, friends, you know. And I and if I if I may um, go back a little, the new school uh, Trikin was. Um, for me, I felt like there was a lot more bullying, a lot more teasing, a lot more uh, segregation, if you will, of people with that stood out. You know, people with disabilities, people that didn't look ethnically Norwegian. Uh, everyone stood out. And I've always said to myself that I was bullied. And I probably was, but I wasn't. I realized in, in, in later years that I was not the only one being uh, at least halfway tormented, you know. Or was, or I've been thinking it was this uh, this reflections I'm having. Is it because I was insecure and and uh, anxious? Was it that I translated all all the normal things that happened into something that was a lot more heavy than what it actually was i don't know if that makes sense so as um as i progressed into youth and into adulthood and you know all that good shit um i failed to um i failed to connect with people again and again and again and i have very very few friends from uh from at least high school uh, junior high and all that because I failed to connect I, I couldn't stay in a relationship with a, with a girl uh, for long periods of time it just it just failed every time and I, I grew each time I failed I grew more and more uh, anxious more and more insecure so it was this vicious cycle you know and this this continued pretty much. I developed some really bad uh, coping habits during all this uh, anxiety and insecurity, and I will I'll talk um, talk specifically about them in a in a later podcast. So my co- coping mechanisms that I developed, uh, you know, to to sort of compensate for all the failure. Um, they pulled me even further into a vicious cycle uh, that just sort of perpetually fulfilled itself over and over again and made it worse and worse and worse. Um, and this this went on and on, off and on, on and on. You know, I was happy, I was uh, uh, I was unhappy, and I got depressed. You know, and when depression creeps in, that's a whole different story. You know. 
I'm not going to bore you with all the details of all the years uh, I've lived. However, in 2016, no, sorry, 2018 came a, a pretty huge turning point for me. It was a year, it was my last year in Trollfest, a pretty big band, uh, touring-wise at least. Um, I don't know if you've uh, heard of them. If you haven't, check them out. They're, they're kind of weird, they're kind of extreme, and that's why they might not be on everybody's radar, but they are, uh, at least they have a pretty big name in the folk metal genre. Check them out. If you want to, I certainly recommend them. They're all a bunch of lovely guys. It was 2018 and we had done... It was the summer of 2018. Late summer must have been... uh, Maybe September? Maybe August? Uh, It's not that relevant. because. But the thing is we had... Trollfest had... I I don't remember exactly... I'm sure we can look this up somewhere, but there were festival gigs in Europe, Germany especially. Yay, Germany! <laughs> and um, I say, yay, Germany, because I've been there so much and I've been playing at this, uh, these festivals, big ones, small ones, you know, horribly uh, uh, organized ones and really well-organized ones. But the the main factor for doing these gigs like I had I had a day job back then I still have a day job it's the same job and it usually goes like this I work from Monday to Friday and on um, on Saturday morning I get up at uh, four in the morning I get to the uh, the airport you know tired as fuck because I haven't slept much because of the nerves. So will I make it Will I, because of the anxiety? Will I remember my passport? Have I packed everything? Will I get to sleep? Uh, will I be able to, to, to eat breakfast, you know? So we get, and we have a flight that leaves at 6.30 and then it's a two hour flight and then we're in Germany uh, and then we have to take a shuttle for three hours to the, um, to the, uh, the venue or the site wherever. And then uh, we have to check in and get settled, and there's dinner, and there's, and since it's a festival, it's noise, you know, all the time. There's a band playing. When that band's done, the second stage band starts playing, and then it's, so it's constant noise. And I do, I do like uh, being at festivals, but when it's like the frequency, uh, the the frequency, <laughs> the frequency between festivals that we visit were so tight it it, you know you i never got the chance to recover and then of course uh, you have the sound check uh, sometimes you just get a line check and then you have the show at either 10 p.m or you have it at midnight because you're booked that's the the um the, the the after party band you know so you play for an hour you wait all day you're already tired you've eaten the uh, the crappy sausages and had a few beers because you just want to pass the time. And you go on stage, you, you, you know, work your ass off for an hour or 45 minutes or 90 minutes or wherever, uh, whenever. And um, you're, you're completely physically exhausted because I gave it all. I always give 100% on, on stage 
because uh, that's that's what the, the audience deserves, you know. And so I get off stage and I'm physically exhausted. I'm full of adrenaline. It's now one in the morning and um, we have to take a, a one and a half hour drive to the hotel <laughs> uh, if we have a hotel. Uh, so And we have to get up at what, six to get an eight, 8 uh, a.m. flight, you know, so there's no sleep and I'm, I, uh, there's no shower after the gig, so I have to sit a couple of hours in my own uh, sweat, in my own juices <laughs> and marinate, and then I hop into bed at like three, you know, and oh, I have to get up at six, so there's a breakfast at the hotel, blah, 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 and then we leave and I'm uh, go to the airport, we check in, there's queues, uh, might be a little bit tired, maybe a little hungover because I might have had one beer or two after the show, you know, and then I come home on Sunday at like three in the evening and um, finally I can rest, but then I have to tidy up all my shit, I have to uh, make dinner, I have to relax a bit and I'm still wired because usually the, the concerts are really fun, you know, and then I have to go to work on uh, on Monday, maybe at 7 a.m., you know. So it's there's no real time. There were so many of these gigs and there was so little time to recuperate in between that at one point I just crashed. I was, uh, we were rehearsing for yet another one of these weekend gigs. And as I drove home from rehearsal, I just suddenly, uh, I couldn't breathe. I started... Well, it started with, I, I, I started to cry. I was just enormously sad. And it was a good rehearsal. I, I had no idea what had happened. I just started crying. Uh, tears started flowing. And then I started uh, maybe uh, hyperventilating a bit. And then I just felt like I couldn't breathe. Like there was this huge pressure on my chest. And I felt, well, this is it. I'm, I'm dying. This is it. I'm going insane or I'm dying, having a heart attack, having a stroke or whatever. And it, I was driving, so I was even more scared that I would just kill someone, you know, uh, accidentally. And I managed to, to find my breath again. And when I found my breath again, I was still, I, f I still, I, I calmed down a little bit, but I felt like I had been, I gotten the shit beat out of me, man. I was... I felt completely destroyed. I was shaking. I was trembling. I was. I got home to my girlfriend and I. I said, "There's something really wrong with me," and she said, "Well, uh, call the doctor." And I did. And the next day or two days after or something like that, I. Uh, I went to the doctor. The doctor said, "Well, I heard your symptoms. It sounded like you've had a panic anxiety attack. Really, anxiety." Yes. Oh, okay. Um, so she said, "I'm uh, I'm signing you up for this this program, this uh, educational program with counseling, with uh, therapy. About you will be educated about what anxiety is and what depression is, and you will uh, get a one-on-one -on -one counseling with a psychologist." I was like, oh, "Okay," <laughs> but I have a show this weekend um, uh, in Germany. And the doctor said, no, 
you, you don't. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, th- thank you. Because I didn't want to. I mean, I wanted to, to play the show, of course. I loved being in, I loved playing with that band. No question about that. But I wanted someone to tell me no because I was completely fucked up. I've never felt like that in my entire life. Uh, I couldn't go to work. I, I, took on, I took a week off work. And then my doctor said, I'm giving you another week's sick leave. Uh, so I was two weeks off work and I, I really needed those two weeks. And she said, no, you're not doing the show. It's no way you're doing that. As your doctor, I won't allow it. And I was like, okay. So I went home and I had to wait a um, couple of months for, this, for my spot in this, this uh, program to be available. <clears throat> Which was okay because I, I, got, I felt like I slowly, gradually got my shit together. Um, and when I started this educational uh, program, these one-on-one therapy sessions, and learned about what is anxiety, what is depression. I was like, "Yeah, okay, this is uh, this is good." I was ready. I was sucked the information in like a sponge, and I was like, "That's depression." All right, ah, uh, check, check, check. Yes, I've had that anxiety. Okay, check, check, check. Yes, that's me. This is it. Anxiety, depression. I have it. Um, and already. The, the, then the, the, the snowball started rolling, a positive, constructive snowball. I was, okay, so I can do this. Oh, depression is this. I can do this. Anxiety is this. I can do that. All right. That will counter uh, some of the symptoms. Uh, and I started working on myself. And that was a huge break for me because I actually, for the first time in my life, had a, uh, a word, a description of what a- ailed me, you know, what, what I was suffering from, and I had some really solid, concrete things that I could do, like physically, mechanically, and mentally. So, uh, that was a bit of a rant. The first tip that I will give to anyone who's struggling, you may know you have anxiety, you might have been diagnosed, you may know you have depression, uh, or you might not. Um, My first tip to you is to educate yourself on what they are. I mean, anxiety and depression are very, uh, probably the two most common sort of mental health issues in the world. I think everyone uh, throughout their lives at one point or another will go through anxious periods, depressive periods. And it's, I think it's perfectly normal. That was one of the first things that I was taught that the anxiety, especially is quite normal and it's quite physical actually. So educate yourself, figure out what is anxiety? What are the symptoms? Cause that's the, uh, the first thing that got me into working, into doing different things and changing my whole reprogramming myself. That was what I set out to do in 2019, actually, when I started this uh, 
this, uh, this uh, process, this program, whatever you want to call it. There are tons of material on this online. I would suggest you, if you want to Google this, what is anxiety, what is depression, then find some, some sources that seem credible, not, not some pseudo ad-sponsored bullshit page, because there are a lot of them. I recommend buying books, uh, checking out some some um, lectures on YouTube, not not some screaming blogger on YouTube, but a real professor or a psychologist or someone who knows what the fuck they're talking about. I warmly recommend that you check out Dr. Gabor Mate. He is a doctor in uh, psychology maybe uh, he has tons of stuff on um, on youtube very very clever man and he talks a lot about how people become anxious depressed so sort of mental health in general so that's it for this uh, i want to conclude this podcast right now uh, this is my first podcast ever it's uh sort of trial and error for me and i need to figure out what works and what doesn't work to you know to talk a little bit meta here um and like i said the goals for this podcast is one it's for me to to uh, put my feelings and thoughts and experiences into words and it's also potentially to help someone uh, because this the stuff that i've gone through is quite common if you feel that this was, uh, if you listened all the way through this, I thank you very much. Uh, if you didn't, if you th- felt that this was shit, then uh, that's okay. Um, please let me know. Either way, send me a message, a comment uh, here, or there, whatever. I'm on, uh, um, uh, I'm on Messenger, Facebook Messenger. I love to to chat with my patrons there and also on um, WhatsApp. So add me there. See you next time.